goodnewsministriesofgnm.org. It's the Catholic place for growing your faith. Good News Ministries will provide you with faith-building reflections, virtual retreats, prayer resources, and lots more. All of it is free. Visit gnm.org today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. By definition, a storyteller conveys events in words, images, and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to another edition of The Storytellers. Each week on the show, we feature guests with a story to tell and oftentimes books to sell as well. The program is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net. All of the books available on the show are available at CatholicBook.net. And today we're going to talk about the wonderful life of Mother Angelica. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of books uh, on Mother Angelica and the Mother Angelica Tour right here in Canton, Ohio. And my guest is Barbara Gaskell. Barb is the uh, uh, proprietor of this place, uh, of the uh, bookstore here, the uh, uh, St. Raphael Bookstore, and uh, and is our fearless leader here at uh, the Living Bread Radio Network. Barb, this is fun just it's to be great. able to talk like this. Just great, Tony. Forth. Great to be with you on your show. Great. Thank you so much. Well, Mother Angelica, obviously, uh, you're a, a big fan of Mother Angelica, and you've got two books uh, uh, that you put together. And I want to talk about the one that's out uh, uh, for the tour, and it's the Mother Angelica Tour Prayer Book. Tell us, first of all, what's the tour, and then we'll talk right. a little bit about the book. Well, you know, um, if I feel like everything's kind of come full circle here because we have a radio network here in Canton, Living Bread Radio Network, and it all started with Mother Angelica, who grew up here in Canton. And most people are familiar with her, that she started uh, – a television network, Eternal Word Television Network in Birmingham, Alabama. And as the story goes, with $200 and a garage, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of people don't know. They know that amazing story and many of the things she's done since then, but they don't know the backstory. They don't know. life, her growing Uh, up here in Sort of like if people are are old enough, like I am, to know like uh, the um, Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, Mm -hmm. you know, what was behind that. And uh, she um, really is one of my heroes uh, because she grew up with a very difficult childhood, very, very difficult childhood that I think a lot of people can connect with today. Um, uh, We're talking about the 1920s and she uh, her father left them when she was five years old. He abandoned them. He went out to California, uh, didn't see them for like two years. So here was she and her mother on their own in, you know, uh, the southeast end of town, which at that time they called it the jungle because that was, you know, the black hand ruled there. And um, so it was a very difficult time, a very difficult upbringing for her. And what she's done now.
now that we know all the things that have happened in her life, um, I am really have a passion to tell her story mm -hmm. because I think so many people today could relate to all of the terrible things she went through. Um, her father abandoned her. Uh, she had, um, you know, she and her mom had to make do, uh, try and raise money. They had to move in with family to be able to have a roof over their heads. Of course, you're looking at the 1920s. So guess what the uh, uh, opinion of divorce was mm -hmm. in those days, especially in a Catholic family. Um, you know, here's a, a woman and her young daughter that have been abandoned. So, you know, what people would say, um, all the things she had to deal with. Her mother had some... Uh, depression issues obviously you know you could see that she uh, really had some severe depression issues so young Rita had to grow up real fast mm -hmm. and uh, then when she was about seven or eight her um, her pastor who had wanted to move the church because it was in a real bad area um, the church was not in good condition it was a mission church um, she, he there was a woman who wanted to give property. And so he wanted to move the church away from the gambling halls and all of the prostitution and everything. And the people that ran the city were not happy with that, the so-called black hand, you know. So his, his, um, his plans prevailed, but uh, a couple months after the church was opened, um, someone went in um, when he was getting prepared for baptism and assassinated him right in the church. Mm. So she had to deal with all that sorrow um, as she grew up. By the time she was 10, her father had abandoned them. Her pastor had been assassinated. Um, the uh, stock market crashed, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and they're trying to, uh, to find money to be able to mm -hmm. uh, just live with with all of that how did she find god in all of that? well you know she didn't <laughs> she she said in um other biographies that she she just wondered was there a god what, what did god really care about them because she just wanted to know why can't i have a family like all the other kids you know today we don't see that so much oh someone doesn't have a father or someone you know they're divorced but in 1928 or 29, that was extremely rare. And it was two parents and the family. And so she she didn't understand, was there a God? Why, why did he do this to us? Uh, actually, later when she went into high school, she um, became um, very ill with a stomach ailment. So on top of all that, she, um, she, her mother started a, like a dry cleaning business. She started helping her mom um, in her late grade school days and early high school days. And um, then she became sick. Her mom actually had a nervous breakdown, had to go off to mm -hmm. Philadelphia to stay with her aunt. And so she's probably at that time, maybe 14, 15, dealing with all this, trying to, um, you know, go to school and help her mom and uh, just deal with all that. And then she gets sick, and her stomach is twisted. Uh, they don't know what to do for her. She keeps losing weight, and um, it was terrible. It was about four years that she had this terrible stomach problem. She couldn't eat anything. She said that when she would eat, it felt like there were shards of glass going mm -hmm. through her stomach. And um, 
so they didn't know what to do. The doctors didn't know what to do. They tried all kinds of things. And someone knew of this woman in the northeast end of town who was having these visions of Jesus, and her name was Rhoda Wise. Mm-hmm. And um, she told Rita's mother, you should take her to see uh, Rhoda mm-hmm. Wise. And so that's where she found God. They went there. They actually called Rhoda, I think, in the evening, and uh, she let them come late in the evening. And Rhoda talked to her and gave her a novena to the uh, St. Therese, the um, St. Therese of Lusso, the little flower, and um, had her sit in what's now called um, Our Lord's Chair. Jesus, our Lord, appeared to Rhoda, and he sat in that chair. And so now that chair is just referred to as Our Lord's Chair. She sat in that chair and uh, took the novena home, and she and her mom prayed that novena for nine days. And on the ninth day, when she got up, she was healed. Mm. Uh, when she got out of bed. And um, I had the pleasure of knowing her cousin who used to come in the store. Her name was Joanne, Joanne Simia. And she said, I remember when uh, Rita was healed because we live right next to each other. And she said, uh, when that, that day Rita was out in the in like the yard between them and she was jumping up and down. She was saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And later in life, she would say that um, when God healed her, completely changed her life because after that she knew there was a God she knew God knew who she was she knew he loved him he loved her and uh, she said that after that time when she was healed all she wanted to do was give her life to Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. so that was the turning point in her life but I think Tony so many people today could relate to the sorrows of, you know, you have a mother that mm-hmm. has depression problems or your father has abandoned you or you've known somebody that was assassinated, somebody sure. that was shot in the street, yeah. you know. They uh, wonder where her wisdom comes from and it comes from being there and having done that and having oh gone gosh. through many t- trying times herself. One of the interesting things that I learned through um, reading, I've really tried to steep myself in her life, is that when she was born... Um, and she was baptized. Her mother, uh, at, the, at the baptism, her mother took her, uh, after the baptism, there was an altar that had a statue of Our Lady of Sorrows on it. And after the baptism, she took young Rita and put her on that altar. And she said to Our Lady of Sorrows, I give you my daughter. And if you know about her life, she really had a lot of sorrow and suffering in her life. It was almost prophetic that... She was giving her to Our Lady, but she was giving her to Our Lady of Sorrows. That's the statue. Mm-hmm. And that statue is still there in St. Anthony's Catholic Church. That, that statue is so important in her life. And um, all those years later, 20-some years later, after, after she was healed then, she, um, she started you know, wanting to learn about the faith. And she would go every day. At that time, she worked for the Timken Company. Uh, she had already graduated high school. She would go every day and say the Stations of the Cross at St. Anthony's. And after she would say the Stations, the uh, statue of Our Lady of Sorrows was at the end. And she would go and pray before that statue. And it was in front of that statue where she received the call to become a religious sister. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, it's interesting, you know, how God works, how all those things kind of work together and took her full circle from, you know, not really knowing anything or caring about God mm-hmm. or wondering, is there a God? Because life is so hard. Mm-hmm. And then 
he broke in and healed her. And then she just wanted to do everything she could. He was the love of her life. After that, he was the love of her life, and she wanted to do everything she could to help others come to know him. It's interesting because that backstory, the early years, are really a fascinating story that most people wouldn't get. You know, we just know of her by her appearances on television, uh, on EWTN, and and her personality and, right. and her, uh, her her style and everything. But uh, when you weave in that backstory, it really makes for a, a much different perception. So uh, the tour began then how? How did you begin doing uh, the Mother Angelica tour? Okay, so um, a number of years ago, I think it probably was at least 10 or more years ago now, uh, EWTN, uh, every year they do, or I, I think it's every year or maybe every other year, they do what they call the family celebration. And they go to a city, uh, Philadelphia, and then they invite everybody to come in around there or mm-hmm. fly in if they want. And uh, they bring all their personalities there and they have events and things for the kids and they have mass. And it's like a, a, a fun weekend, the family celebration. You get to meet all the people that you, because mother always said we were family. When, when she would talk about the people, she never talked about listeners or about customers it was always the family you're you're our family and so they have this family celebration and about 10 years ago uh, we hosted it here in Canton and it was sort of like a homecoming uh, mother was pretty sick by then she couldn't come um, but there was a big deal we had got a street name for her and um, so we decided I worked with Karen Sigler who is the um, director of the Rota Y Shrine to take people to these places that were important in the life of Mother Angelica. And we started out, we just got a couple um, tour buses and we just, I think we ran about four or 500 people through the tour in a day, but we just staggered the, the, the times and we just, they didn't get off the bus. We just drove them around, showed them the important four, four or five major places. And after that, people kept saying, well, are you going to do that again? Would you do that again? That was great. We took um, all of the um, the uh, staff from EWTN. We took Mike Warsaw and all of the um, executives on a little private tour also. And the response was just great. So that was a number of years ago. So we talked about it. And uh, a couple years ago, we decided to make it into a day tour where you got off the bus, you got to go into the to the places we could talk really give you a little more in-depth story and then um we have a uh, we start with mass and have a um, go to the places and have luncheon and and go to a few more places in the afternoon so it's kind of an outgrowth of that and um it was interesting because we had it all planned and we were supposed to start the tour on like march the first tour was going to be like march 29th of 2016 and mother angelica died two days before that on easter uh sunday and uh, so it was just kind of like um i don't know it was sort of like a sign from god i think that um we were on the right track and uh the response has just been incredible it's just amazing to me that uh, I mean, people. We had a couple fly in from Arizona just to because we only do the tour one day a month. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not a tour company. We have all kinds of other things mm-hmm. going, as you well know. Uh, but I think it's important that people know about her life because, as I always say at the end of the tour, you can be a nobody from nowhere, but if you say yes to Jesus Christ, 
he can use you to change the Amen. world. And she has literally changed the world. Certainly did with uh, with Mother Angelica. Barb Gaskell is my guest. We're talking about Mother Angelica. We're talking about the Mother Angelica tour, and we're going to zero in on the amazing life of Rita Rizzo, uh, Barb's brand new book that's out, and the Mother Angelica tour prayer book. When we return, when the Storytellers continues. Support for the Storytellers is provided by CatholicBook.net, serving the Catholic community for 30 years with books, Bibles, gifts, and more. CatholicBook.net is safe, secure, and simple to use. Just a few clicks and your purchase is delivered right to your door. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Welcome back to the Storytellers. This is Tony Agnesi. My guest is Barb Gaskell, and we're talking about Mother Angelica. We talked a little bit, Barb, about the Mother Angelica tour in that, and uh, you had this idea, and I think it's a terrific one, of not only the places uh, that are of import, the, the churches and, and monasteries and things that are of import here in the Canton area, but some of the prayers, you know, we talked about her prayer life and so forth, some of the prayers and things that she did, and, and you've compiled these uh, into a book called The Mother Angelica Tour tour prayer book. Tell us a little bit about the how the book came about and, and, and what drove you to try to put these all in one place. Well, you know, Tony, there are people, a lot of people, of course, can't come on the tour. And um, one of the things I wanted to do was, um, we I call it a prayer biography, because what I did was take little snippets of what I told you just a few moments mm -hmm. ago, and just take little snippets and tell a little bit about her life and then it's also a prayer book so it starts with when she was baptized and um, some of the simple prayers that she would have learned that we all learn and then going into um, her life with St. Anthony she grew up at St. Anthony's Church and so she had a devotion great devotion to St. Anthony and tell a little bit about her life when she was at St. Anthony's um, then some things that, that incorporate for St. Peter's, which had an influence on her life. And it has the prayer in here. Um, Karen Sigler from the Rota Wise Shrine was gracious enough to give us permission to, to print the prayer that she actually said from Mrs. Wise, the prayer to St. Therese, that she said for nine days and was healed. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have uh, the prayers of, she had a devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, to the Infant of Prague. She said the Stations of the Cross every day of her life until she died. And so she had this great devotion to the Stations of the Cross. So what we did was we took the photos of the Stations of the mm -hmm. Cross that she said that at she Saint, actually prayed in yeah, front at, of. Yeah, at St. Anthony's mm -hmm. and uh, with the uh, Stations that are um, from the um, St. Francis, the, the Stations of the Cross done by St. Francis, which, of course, she was a Franciscan, in case folks don't know that. And then also prayers of Our Lady of Sorrows. I told you this story of her in front of that statue. We have a photo of that statue and then the story of uh, how she was placed before that statue and then prayers to Our Lady of Sorrows, prayers to St. Francis. It kind of walks through her life 
in prayer. So it not only has her her life interwoven, but it is sequential in the prayers that she would have said in the monastery, the uh, Liturgy of the Hours prayers that she would have said, the um, Te Deum, the Anima Christi prayers that they would have said before the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. We also have interwoven pictures from Santa Clara Monastery here in Canton, where she spent about 16 or 17 years of vowed life. That's where she said her her final vows. Um, So it kind of has... uh, 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 rhythm of following her life in prayer. It also has a prayer for um, the Divino Nino, where she had a experience of um, our Lord speaking to her or Jesus speaking to her uh, in Bogota, uh, Colombia. And then from there, she built a, a, a great shrine to the Divine Child. So it kind of follows her life. And we even have at the end the eternal rest prayers, the mm-hmm. um, Psalm 130, the De Profundus, that they that the sisters would say. That's what they say when someone dies. They go around the body then and they say the De Profundus. And uh, then in the back we have a, a section where you can write your thoughts. You want to write your reflections. About four or five pages of that. Mm-hmm. So you can use it just at home. You can uh, use it as a prayer book in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has all these prayers in there, but then it also helps you come to know Mother Angelica a little better through little snippets of her life woven in with those prayers. And those snippets, I, it, it appears like in your new book, I want to talk about the new book that just came out, The Amazing Life of Rita Rizzo, which is uh, the her life story of, of her early years and so forth. Seems like that would have been the first book and the prayer book would have been the well, second Well, that's book. true, but I, we had some, I had some difficult... I mean, it was a lot of work doing the amazing the life of Rita Rizzo. I really did a lot of research. I got information from the diocese. Um, I really wanted a lot of documentation on her early life. I really tried to get photos from that time period. And um, so it took a lot more time to do that. And um, so it does seem a little bit backwards, but I'm really, really pleased with the new book because that was the first love. That was really what I was working hard. I read a lot. I I went to the library. And of course, there's a lot of things in, through the Canton Repository and um, just a lot of different research that I did. And I'll tell you, I have a lot more respect. I've sold books for 30 years, but I have a lot more respect for authors after doing all the research on mm-hmm. the amazing life of Rita Rizzo. But it gave you, it it, uh, it really gave you an opportunity to to solidify that in your own mind. And I think uh, as a storyteller yourself, to be able to share that story with people who may not have the backstory, you may not know uh, the Mother Angelica uh, early years here in in Canton, Ohio, it's, and that's so important. You know, it's so the the foundation. That's the foundation of you know where did why did she have such a great devotion to the to the way of the cross? Why did she have a devotion to the sorrowful Jesus or to the baby Jesus? Because she lived through that. She saw it. She saw Rhoda suffering. She was Rhoda was a stigmatist. You know, so she saw those things, and that had a great influence on her life. So I feel like the amazing life of Rita Rizzo is the in a book mm-hmm. and it's it's a simple book it's not meant to be a tome it's a it's I wrote it in a very simple fashion so that somebody that's 16 or 17 might read it it's it's short it's to the point but it it kind of helps you understand wow look what this 
woman went through, maybe I can do something too. Maybe God has a plan for my life. Mm-hmm. And it, I really wrote it to be very simple so that people that don't like to read or young people would read it. And then in the back, I put a... Uh, an area of um, questions, reflections, reflections, discussion questions. You can use it for discussion. You can use it for your own reflection. You know, here's a a young girl, five years old, going to Catholic school, and it's 1929, and her father abandons them. How would you feel? You know, what would that, have you lived through an abandonment in your life? Um, I think it's important for us to realize that this isn't just some woman who always had everything that worked right and um, God just, you know, worked everything out for, that we're all struggling. We all have our our own story to tell. Mm -hmm. And this woman has such an amazing story that can help so many people. She was abandoned. She uh, was sick. Her mother had depression. Her mother had a nervous breakdown. Then after God healed her, when she went to the monastery, she was hurt again. She had to have a very serious back operation. And the surgeon told her, there's a 50-50 chance you might not walk again. She was 33 years old, Tony, when they told her that. And she lived her life with on crutches, you know. So I think um, she has so many people, you know, everybody that's a saint is attributed something. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, this one is a saint. Saint Anthony is for lost things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Mother Angelic's going to be because she has so many times that she overcame um, I think she's going to be one of the saints of the impossible because she did so many unbelievably impossible things. And all these things she did down in Alabama, she did all that on crutches. Mm-hmm. She lived on crutches till about 1998 when God healed her again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just think her story is so incredible. But I wanted to make it simple, very simple. And I really have to to give great credit to Peggy Delinsky, who did some beautiful line drawings. Beautiful. I mean, she's she's terrific. Mm-hmm. And those I think those drawings add so much to this book to really get an idea of what it was like in those times and um pictures uh drawings of her when she was happy there's a wonderful drawing in there of when she's on crutches and she spent most of her adult life on those crutches Mm -hmm. um and we don't think about that you'd see her on television and when before they'd go alive they'd make sure that her habit covered all her crutches and her braces on her back and so people didn't notice Mm -hmm. that but she spent her life on crutches and um but she never used a crutch you know, she, she, her crutch was Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and he was everything to her. Well, the books, the Mother Angelica Tour Prayer Book and The Amazing Life of Rita Rizzo are available wherever great Catholic books are sold. And uh, if you go to your own local Catholic bookstore, they can get that for you. They're available at catholicbook.net as well. And I think we would be remiss after talking about the tour not to say if someone is listening in who would be interested in taking the tour, what would they do to, they could to d- sign up? They could very easily just go to motherangelicatour.com. You can sign up for tickets there. Um, you can learn a little bit about where all we go and what we do, uh, a little bit more about her life. And uh, But you can just sign up for tickets and uh, be happy to have you. You can come from anywhere in the country. They've come mm-hmm. from all over. And if people want to bring their own bus, they can do that. We have uh, a lot of people that bring we had a bus last year from uh, massachusetts brought a bunch of folks down now, is it year round or is it just a certain just season? made october uh because this is ohio so uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> that about says it uh but um it's 
uh, th- that's when the weather's good, May, to, May through October. And we're happy to work with folks. Uh, if you want to bring a bus in, um, we have a great group group of people we call them team angelica because it takes a team to put the whole thing on with the food and mm-hmm. and we have mass in the morning a great way to start um but we'd love to show you around canton ohio and help you to realize uh, what an amazing woman she really was and um how i think you know with such a uh, uh tough upbringing how she was over really able to overcome all that mm-hmm through Jesus Christ. Well, Barb, it's exciting. And uh, if you want to know more about the early life of Mother Angelica, the amazing life of Rita Rizzo, and if you want to learn her prayer life, the Mother Angelica Tour Prayer Book, two books by our guest, Barb Gaskell. Barb, thank you so much for being with us and joining us here. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of The Storytellers. enjoyed today's edition of The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I hope you've enjoyed listening to some of my podcasts here at Breadbox Media, but today I'm speaking to you about a different opportunity. In September 2020, I'll be leading a fantastic pilgrimage cruise from Rome to the Holy Land, and then on the way back, stopping at the cities of St. Paul, Ephesus, Athens, Corinth, and more. While we're at sea, I'll be lecturing on the Gospels, history, or mystery. When we're on land, I'll invite you to join me as we visit all of the holy sites, celebrating Mass, worshiping together, and having a wonderful time of fellowship. If you'd like to know more about this pilgrimage cruise, go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com. Go to the right sidebar, and you'll see a picture there which invites you to get more information. Go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com, right sidebar, click on the picture of the cruise ship, and you'll get all the information you need. Alternatively, you can call the company that's organizing the tour at 800-247-0017. 800-247-0017. Ask for Farmalong and Eckers Cruise to the Holy Land. Thanks for listening. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.